Blog Talk Radio. Yo, what's cracking, y'all? PSA Hip Hop, man. It's your boy, Three and Watch, man. Watch, what's good, my king? What's good? What's good, B? Let's know the vibes already, man. Let's get some talk, man. Um, obviously, we heard about Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. Max Kellerman, I don't know when the is their final date on his departure from the show, but he'll be stepping down from being Stephen King, um, Stephen King, Stephen A. Smith's um, um, supporting cast. If you want to go with his part and everything on first take, what do we think about Max Kellerman stepping down from first take? He'll be, he be doing boxing. I believe there's a boxing show and he'll be doing ESPN radio watch. I don't, I don't, based on everything I'm reading, I don't know that it's, it was Mac, Max Kellerman's choice to step down. That's not how mm. I've been receiving the information. So the way I've, I've looked at it is that uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith wanted, wanted him gone. That's just based on all the information that I'm reading. So that's, that's what I see. Now, remember a couple of months ago there was conversations about ESPN offering Skip Bayless a contract. Remember that conversation? Yep. So were Stephen A. and the ESPN suits, so to speak, Watts, were they trying to oust Max Kellerman prior? Was the writing on the wall already, my guy? Was It was written like Nas. True or false, sir? I don't know. I know that they were trying to get a... Uh... They wanted to get. Uh, they wanted to bring back um, Skip, but um, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I just heard that Stephen A. and and the president are, are mad close, and that, you know, I mean, from what I'm reading is that they said they're going to just have a, a, a rotation of different guests all the time. Oh God! And um, so I don't. I don't know how to. And honestly, I like Perkins. Max Kellerman. Yes, I, I, listen, dog. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that at all. I'm not here for that. You not here for Big Perk? You for I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that. I think you need uh, Max Kellerman because you needed somebody to be different, to have a different take than Stephen A. Smith. And um, if you're gonna have people who disagree with him. It's gonna. It, it, the show's not gonna take off like that to me. Does Stephen A. Smith need a person that can yells at all the time? So he picks and chooses when he wants to yell at certain people. Is he in that bag? Because I don't know. Sometimes the way he come at Max is kind of side eye a little bit. And I felt when Skip stepped down, we got more in our face that this is Stephen A. Show more. Did, I, did you get that feel? Well, it, it was it was one thing everyone knew was that uh, Max was he represented how black people felt about issues more than Stephen A. Oh, Smith, and he knew and he knew more about hip hop than, than Stephen A. Smith. I mean, those are two things that it seemed to play out any time there was a national topic about something. Max seemed to be more on the side of what black people in this country thought than Stephen A. Smith. And then if it came, to, and then anything hip hop related, Stephen A. Smith was in scary waters, you know. So he wasn't you feeling Santana. Nas picks. He wasn't feeling his Nas, his his favorite Nas drink. He wasn't rocking with that. 
Uh, I saluted him that he even had a top five. That in itself was shocking that he could name five of Nas's most mainstream songs that Nas has, and he named them. By the way, y'all, notice that when Stephen A. Smith did his top five Nas songs, none of them was from King Disease 1 or 2. But, wow. hey, that's just, that, that's just, I'm just surprised he didn't, he didn't say, you know, he didn't go store run. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, man, I agree with you. Though, but let's be honest. Can Max Kellerman really, let's be honest, a white man on that show talking about black issues, he kind of has to tread light. Yes, he's a hip-hop dude born in the BX. He can go up there talk Ghostface, Bob Deke lyrics, Biggie lyrics. And Stephen is sitting there like, okay. And me and watching the crib like, okay, we get it. We get it, Max. We get the punchline. You know what I'm saying? So people were saying that um, Max is invited to the barbecue kind of conversation. I remember when T.O. was on there. Once I was T.O., Max, and Stephen A. And uh, T.O. and Stephen A. Stephen A. were having a back and forth. And he was basically saying um, to Stephen A., T.O. I'm talking about, Terrell Owens, Oh, that's why Max Kellerman is invited to the barbecue, and Stephen A. did not like that at all. You know what I'm saying? And let's be honest, watch you and I watch first take. Well, undisputed guys, let's let's call it what it is. We Shannon and Skip. Well, I can say that for myself. I'm a Shannon Skip guy more than a first take guy. I'm a hundred percent Shannon and Skip, and the reason why Shannon works is because Shannon he seems to represent views. For African Americans, more than Stephen A. Smith. That's just a that's just the reality of it. Stephen A. Smith goes with you know the corporate side of whatever America wants, and he rides for it. And then he will fight you back if you disagree with him. So I mean that's just how it is. Mm. All right, before we wrap this up with this conversation, the the, the um, choosing of the. The chair movements here, the musical chairs of people they're going to bring now on first take. Is anybody in particular you would like to see? Chris Canty, maybe? I don't know. Football season coming up. I don't know. No. Will Kane come back? I mean, no, Will Kane's not coming back. Will Kane is pure. Uh, he's on Fox Fox <laughs> Radio. He's, he's doing stuff with Clay Travis and Jason Whitlock. And, uh, and, and believe it or not, Stephen Stephen A. Smith's views are more aligned to that crowd. Like he speaks that crowd's language. He he has that crowd's belief system. The Jason Whitlock, Clay Travis belief system. Stephen A. Smith has that belief system. But for whatever, for whatever the reason is, people don't know that about him because he's just loud and screams stuff. Quotes a Jay Z bar here and there. Says I know OG Juan, and he just says that one time. And everybody's like, oh, he's so cool. He knows everything. So. You know, I know Tata. Get away can, I, can I name drop Tata? Can I name drop OG One and Tata? Are we good? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all it takes with him. <laughs> and say I'm from Holland. You know what I'm saying? And he throws that out there. People are like, "Oh man, this dude's really from," you know. Oh man! All right, watch. Um, now we have KD and Draymond Green. Obviously, Draymond Green. Um, and it's how do you, first of all, let's go ahead, before we go into the conversation. How do you feel about athletes now podcasting as the season's going on? Like, we have um, um, Draymond Green, J.J. Reddick has one. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think about that? 
I love it, man. I love it. I love it, man. I want I want unfiltered news. I don't want news given to me by a media that can just paint a picture. The reason why I know that is because there's a documentary called Malice in the Palace, which talks about the uh, the Indiana Pacers Ravana Test fight. There's so much that I did not know because everything we got about that came from just you know what the papers wrote and what the and what the media said. We, we, we didn't actually hear from the athletes for them to tell their story. You know what I'm saying? And I found so much other stuff that I did not know. Ben Wallace got away with nothing. Ben Wallace, how did Ben Wallace get away with nothing? Jamal Tinsley. I didn't know Jamal Tinsley basically started all of this. So it is a, So I like that players, you get straight to the players, man, and don't let the media spin their agenda on it. Now, Draymond Green, Watson, and Kevin Durant, obviously you and I know, people don't know, the, they play for the Golden State Warriors. We know um, Kevin Durant leaving Golden State to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, if you want to have the conversation, uh, watch that. Was KD really a true warrior? If you have that conversation, if you want to go back to um, Bob Myers, um, one of the um, big executives over there in Golden State, um, at the parade when he kind of, made a joke, but it's not a joke, and it was not the bad timing of it. And maybe that's how he really felt in the sense of, you know, KD, you're not one of us. In our A-verb voice, when A-verb battle Mook, you're not one of us. It felt like kind of one of those things, him going in that bag. And then you see the infamous uh, back and forth with Draymond and KD. Obviously, watch you and I know we watch sports for all these years. Teammates are going to have squabbles, fights, discrepancies, this, that, and the third. It is what it is. What it is. Um but we are in the social media world, so social media does amp it up a little bit more. Um, what do we feel about Draymond and Kevin Durant basically saying, Watson, I quote, that, yo, fam, the Warriors could have done a better job in handling our situation. Um, Watson, before you grab the mic, you the mic to you on a youngster's tip. What do we think about Katie and Draymond passing blame on the, the, the big wigs, the upstairs office, and not taking onus on themselves, King. I thought that was funny, man. Actually, I, I was very disappointed to see them blame upper management when if you watched what happened, me and you knew. Me and you, remember, we talked about it. KD was pissed off. And what management did, management knew how pissed off KD was that they basically was like, we have to do something or we're going to lose KD. Because remember, the whole thing is you want KD to stay. And KD, days after that event happened where Draymond balked on him and said, we don't need you anyway, we won without you. You know what I'm saying? When you already know KD was sensitive, we already know KD didn't feel like he truly belonged. And then when KD said that, the Warriors management felt they had to do something to Draymond or it would they would have completely lost KD. And but KD was mad at Draymond. K, KD felt some kind of way towards Draymond because when he would be asked afterwards, he said, "Yo, this situation is not resolved." You can watch the video. You can watch him say it. He said, "Yeah, I still feel some kind of way about what Draymond said, but I'm not going to talk about it no more." So KD know how he felt. And then you're going to get mad because the Warrior organization was like, yo, we're, 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 we believe Draymond was wrong. So we're going to say 
he's wrong. And, and, and you know, so to me, <clears throat> that's corny, KD, because they bent over backwards to try to make you, to not right. alienate you after that situation. But let's be honest. It was, it was the writing on the wall for KD to, to bounce after the parade, though. No, no, after that comment, no, not about my No, I, I didn't feel that, that way. I know he didn't like it because me, on it me and you talked about it. Me and you talked about it that KD did not like that. But I believe um, that move that, that he, he was lost after Draymond said that because that means yo, my nigga, we playing together. This is how you. This how you really feel. Right. And and that was it. It was lost. It was it was a lost cause. And all of a sudden, y'all best friends because y'all playing the Olympics together? Like, come on, man. I even saw people, the national media watch on ESPN and First Take, um, First Take and um, Undisputed, asking where was Steph Curry, um, and not saying blaming Steph Curry, or saying, I think Max and um, Stephen, they were talking about this also during this early early in the week watch, about, oh, where was Steph Curry when all this is going on? Why, why didn't why did he step in? And they played themselves as one of they the leaders of the squad. They played that because he did step in. I didn't like that. Steph Curry was the one who went to Draymond's house. Everybody knows that the, the warrior who went to Draymond's house to talk to him was Steph Curry. So when they said that, I'm like, so they're just going to literally rewrite the whole history of this to try to throw Steph Curry in, and that was super corny. When the whole point with Draymond's Loyalty to Steph Curry is unmatched. You know what I'm saying? It's why he has a max contract because Steph Curry wants him to be there. So when they trying to act like Steph Curry just hid and didn't say nothing to do nothing, that's BS. Steph Curry was the one who went to his house to calm him down after the suspension. Steph Curry was the one to be like, yo, my man, we need you. You know what I'm saying? So, so how do you that? That was that? super whack for them to, to, to say that. But watch, how do you not you know, drop that, was, that nugget? And I'm talking about Stephen A. and them niggas. How do you not drop that nugget? And, and, uh, to say that? Media, media manipulation, which is why, to a point you brought up, why players themselves have to now talk about what's going on. And then it's, it's for crazy, people like me you to cut through. It's, it's for people like me and you to cut through when we see BS. Like, we can see the BS with um, – KD and Draymond. With KD like, and Draymond. How you blaming Warriors, Warriors management and y'all two right there, y'all teammates? Y'all could have cut it. Y'all could have squashed it and dead it. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And y'all talking about, oh, management, made, me, management made my teammate, not my friend. Come on, man. I, yo, and we Listen, rock with KD and Draymond, but see, I would say that was was weak sauce, man. I thought that was whack. I'll be where, honest, man. I thought that was whack. Where, his, it, it, was, it was super whack, but here's where I, here's where I will uh, – what, 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 here's another reason why I will say players having podcasts and talking is important. I never knew that the entire time Phil Jackson was with Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks organization that he only spoke to Carmelo Anthony three times. Yes, so this that, whole, that's great segue. I'm, I'm, great segue. Yes. So this whole uh, I have a lead star player and I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk to him or communicate with him. I mean, that's, that makes no sense. That, that's a recipe for disaster, especially if you have a star player and, you, and you're trying to get, make your team better. I mean, just listening to Carmelo with the players talk about his experience is something you, we, we never got from the media. We're just now finding this out. So that's why I think it's important players have their own podcast Listen. to talk about their experience. 
great segue to that because Carmelo Anthony was on the Up and Smoke um, podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. You and I both rock with those brothers heavy. Um, you and I rocked with Ben Simmons for a little bit, but I think since these brothers came out, we've been on that wave since they they rocked out with each other. Uh, shout out to the Knuckleheads also. That's what um, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. I watch them. Depends who they have on there also. But for me, um, having Carmelo Anthony on the show, listen, I've been critical of Carmelo, man, but I got to be honest, watch. I found myself with a soft spot, though, King. I ain't going to lie to you, brother. I find, listen to Melo talk and just the back and forth, man, uh, him saying how he protected Wade, how he felt he was the big brother to D. Wade and, and LeBron and everything and, and stuff like that. And him coming, him um, being at a wedding and him looking at the Statue of Liberty and him wanting to come to New York and everything like that. I, I ain't going to lie, man. Hearing Melo, you know, I, I hope the brother does good this, this year. I ain't going to lie. I'm, I ain't going to hold you. So what do you take on Melo? On our podcast with uh, Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson, I, th- I thought I thought I learned more about Melo than I've ever learned through following him for 19 years. Like I never knew the reason he left Syracuse was because Jim Beheim said, "Yo, you bugging? You gotta go, man. You a top two pick." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I never knew that Melo never even oh, imagined he'd make it to the NBA. So that's another thing. You know when dudes are great. You know, I never knew he went through racism at a Catholic high school. You know what I'm saying? I mm. went to a Catholic high school, so you I too. remember the Catholic the high school. Ever. All the great New York City, all the great New York City basketball players in that era, late yep. 80s, yep. early 90s, they was coming out yep. of Catholic right. high school. So I can't even imagine them being racist towards you if you have braids or your hairstyle. Because I'm like, wait a minute, black? That's who went to the Catholic high schools. So the fact that mm-hmm. he had to face that kind of racism. In high school, and that's how he got to Oak Hill. I never knew that. You know what I'm saying? So I learned so much about Melo that I never knew until that podcast, B. And I've been following Melo for 19 years. I thought it was dope. And here's another thing. Dog, I never knew Melo's really from Brooklyn. Like, he's, he's really from Red Hook. Red Hook. Red, 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 Red Hook. Yo, he's really from Red Hook, man. I never knew that. I thought his I thought his story was the Michael Jordan story. Born in Brooklyn, but immediately as soon as I was born, I moved to North Carolina. No, that dude was raised in Redhook Projects. Was <laughs> Tupac ish? I did not know Tupac-ish, that. Was Born in New York, born in New York, and bounced out of NY. Real quick. I mean, he he was born, born and raised as a little kid in Redhook Projects. I did not know that, man. I'm thinking, you know, he left immediately. I didn't know he actually. Yeah, for Redhook. Uh-huh. It's like holy. Mm-hmm. It was dope. So it was dope to hear all that stuff with with uh with Carmelo. Yeah, man. Shout out Melo, man. For real, for real, man. Uh, why are you keeping here, man? Pretty um, Melo. Pretty Melo. Pretty Melo. Um, Shakari Richardson, my G. Obviously, we know about the young sister, Shakari Richardson. We know about her being suspended from the Olympics because of smoking the loud, the Zaza, the Tikal, the Bombazi, the Branson. And all that. Matt Ism. Shout out Channel Live right quick. Um, she got suspended and her anticipation watch was like a second album to see if she would come back with revengeance and to see how would she pan out with these young ladies. Um, obviously the conversation, her coming in last place and the way she lost Watts. And you know I'm Caribbean, so big up the Jamaican massive, big up yourself, you know the vibes already. Um, what do you think about Shakari Richardson? Um, and with the last 24 hours of the conversation about Shakari Richardson. Well, well, one of the things we found out about Shakari Richardson is that 
clearly can be a one-hit wonder or she could be the next superstar in track and field because whatever it is about her, she has just been nationally talked about nonstop. Um, it was shocking to see her get smoked the way she got smoked. Now, let me explain why it was shocking. So everybody looks at it and they say, oh, the Jamaican woman smoked her. But that wasn't the shocking part about it. The shocking part was that she came in last place. Everybody smoked her. Everybody. This way, it wasn't just Jamaicans. Everybody. And that shocked me to my soul because I'm like, this, wow, she really was not ready for the smoke. Uh, I'm going to compare this to her. The Jamaicans is the locks tally, and she went into this place. I'm Jim I'm Cam, I'm Jim Jones, and I'm going against Jada Styles and Sheik, who are arguably the greatest. You're going against the three fastest women in the world. You're going against the relay gold medal winning team of Jamaica, and she treated it like it wasn't the realest event in the world, and the reality hit her. The Who Shot Your Freestyle hit her. Jada doing New York. Styles P rapping over no idea's original freestyle. And when that reality hits you, the only there's nothing you can do but get publicly humiliated. And I think she needed that. Because what makes this public humiliation even worse is that Nike kept playing her commercial over and over again, B, on NBC. So throughout the entire track meet, they kept playing her commercial where where they show her nails, they show her talking, I'm back. And they played it before the race. She gets smoked, and then they kept yep. playing it throughout the entire show. They showed that video about five times, like four times after she got smoked. And then the lack of humility in her post-game interview did not do her any favors. Like, you can't no, come didn't, in didn't, dead, didn't dead last. Huh. You cannot come in dead last and have no humility. The one thing we'll say about Dipset, afterwards Dipset knew they lost. They was like, yo, shout to the MVP. Like, they knew it. Where she, I think it, Wait, it's it, it happened so fast. Why. This is more competitive, though, my dude. This is I more think, competitive think, than a locks Dipset, though, my dude. Come on up. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it wasn't more competitive. She came in last place. She ran a time of 11.15. No, no, no. If anybody I'm the sport. Say. No, no, not, not the, hold on, the sport itself. Not what happened in the actual what happened when they hit the gun off and had to run. But I'm saying, sports-wise, a hip-hop concert between Locks and Dipset compared to Shakari Richardson going in a relay here, it's levels to me. It's, it's the, you know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. No, no here's, here's the, here's the levels. Here's the levels. Here's the levels. The Jamaicans were the Locks, and she was Dipset. That's how badly she lost. That, that, that's the analogy I'm making. That's how badly oh, she lost. Man. My man, did we not clown Dipset all day long on social media? Right. Putting right. out memes, clowning Dipset? There have been memes, yeah. as I speak to you right now, nonstop about Shikari Richardson. Shikari Richardson still trending. If I type her name in, it's like everybody who does. Now, here's the thing. What do you think it is about her that got so many people who do not watch track and field are talking about her? Because that's clearly what's going on. I think it was a story in the beginning, Watts, when the, the marijuana situation, her losing her mom and everything, and watching on the t- Today Show, standing up tall, taking her lumps, you know what I'm saying, saying, I'll be back. 
So we looked at her like, wow, okay, we're going to ride with her. Like, what, what I find ironic, Watts, is that she's running against girls that won uh, medals already. But she was the story. She was the focal point of, of the relay. It wasn't the other ladies that was running before her, that was here before her. They made they made they so they made their name. They won so medals. So are you saying like Jay Z? I'm the focal point, like Biggie in his prime on the low though. The city is mine. That's what Jay said. Hope said that. So you think he was the focal? Basically, even though even though she had no medals, they had all the medals. So right. why was everybody focusing on her? Why was the why was the Nike commercial focusing on her? The story, losing mama love. Being suspended for marijuana, her, her stand, you know what I'm saying? They like the story, man. The blonde hair, like the whole, you feel me? It was a story. She had an ill story. Her story was ill in the beginning. And then, you know, she came. Let me ask you this. People are saying she had humble pie. I understand that to a degree. But what did she really do to be devil's advocate? Maybe Shikari's lawyer for a second watch. What did she do? to really make people look at her side eye, was it, was it, and I'm talking about before the, her comments, I mean, her comments after the race, before, okay. what did she do before okay. that rubbed people the so wrong way? Follow up question to that, follow up question to that. Aren't you supposed to have some type of edge in what she does, though, to be fair to the system? So, let's, so answer the last one first. Arrogance in sports is normal. All my favorite athletes are arrogant. Mike Tyson was arrogant. Jordan was arrogant. J.R. Ryder, arrogant. There are a lot, a lot of great, great athletes have been extremely arrogant. You so when I hear people say, oh, she's too arrogant. Come on, come on, come on. Did you say Isaiah J.R. Ryder? Did you say that? Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah J.R. Ryder. Very I, I don't want people to get with J.R. Ryder and Dipset. The young ones might get J.R. Ryder and Dipset. We got to Isaiah Ryder. We got to Okay, Isaiah J.R. Ryder from UNLV, who played in Minnesota with Kevin Garnett, for people who can go back to 90s, maybe. But, okay. But, but, but the point I'm making is you can be arrogant in sports as long as you can back it up. Um, Muhammad Ali was one of the most braggadocious uh, sports figures of all time, but he could back it up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so here's, mm-hmm. here's, here's the thing. Nike marketed her coming back. She did a TikTok video where she used Nicki Minaj's voice where she was like, I'm back, bitches. So she built up, like she did a promo run, basically, to, to, get, to get people hyped. And the night before the race, the three Jamaicans and her were all interviewed. So it's like, why are you interviewing someone who wasn't even at the Olympics, didn't even win, and you, and she's like the center of attention? So you could feel the tension between the Jamaicans and her, and she got a hardcore dose of reality. And I'm gonna say this: her people on her team, they did her a, a humongous disservice. A after what? what the Jamaicans did, and after what after what the Jamaicans did, in the Olympics, they ran faster times than she's ever run in her life. So let's say Shikari ran the fastest she's ever run, she would have gotten smoked. She still would have gotten smoked. So it was like, what, what are y'all, why are y'all painting this false narrative? 
on her best day, she could never beat Elaine Thompson. Like, let's, let's, let's be clear. If she ran the fastest in her life, she would have lost to Elaine Thompson in the Olympics, and she definitely would have lost yesterday. So I think her people did not explain to her, every athlete is Olympic ready. They just was in the Olympics two weeks ago. You have not had a competitive race since June. So how are you going to think you're just going to come outside and pull a dip set? I just watched Jadakin say we practiced for seven hours. And then, the day, and then we did a walkthrough with, with the DJ for another three hours the day of the concert, the day of the verses. So they prepared and planned. You didn't have a competitive so, – yo, it's just simple. You're never going to know how it feels until you get punched in the face when you're in that ring, right? She had no, she right. had no competition since June. And you're running against the fastest women. She, this is not an excuse for her, but I'm just going to be clear. She 100% was not in shape, brother, at all. Like, at all. This is the slowest she's run in three years. So, and she got humiliated. So I'm hoping stay her focused, team. Shorty, stay focused. I'm stay hoping focused, her shorty, team and Nike really go back to the lab and, and, and rework this out. Because you, you, can't, you can't get another public humiliation like this. Because this is, this is one of the greatest public humiliations I've ever seen in sports. Is, is, listen, is the 15 minutes of fame talk? Is that going to happen if she doesn't, you know, get back on her one-two? No. The reason why it's not going to happen because this is what she has on her side. She really is the fastest running woman in America. She's going she's gonna to clearly prove that when she gets back to her top shape form, but she was not in shape, right. and she was not. You could t- dog, that's – dog, she came in dead last. Everybody beat her. Yeah, her she body Everybody frail, in son. that race smoked her. Everybody in the just embarrassing. It looked – it just – it was like, you really you really looking like Jim Jones right now. I'm sorry. That's how you oh, look. Man. That's capital status. Wow. All right, man. Shout out to Shikari, man. You know what I'm saying? I know the the memes are there, the jokes are there. You know what I'm saying? And I think when she cursed and said, um, y'all count me out, and the, she said the shit word and everything like that, I think she was talking to social media. I know y'all about to try to frame me, comment section, but, comment but, boys but, and girls. But, but here's the thing. Mean? You know we, what I mean? We, we are in the era of social media. Remember, this girl was born in 2000. In 2000 yep. or 2001, TikTok babies, shit like that. So, TikTok babies, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. This is all they know, B. This is all they know. This is their world. This is their reality. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, just, I just hope her team refocuses her and says, yo, you got the commercials already. You got the Nike contract now. We got it. We got, it's hard work now. It is hard work now. Because you, you, mm. you can't have that happen again, brother. You just can't. got to go back to the lab, shorty. got to go back to the lab. Yeah. For real. Yeah. yeah absolutely. All right. All right, well, let's talk a little wrestling here, man. Um, I saw CM Punk was trending. You put me onto this, number one, this story. Um, CM Punk was trending. Uh, we are wrestling heads from the 80s, yes. I cannot say I am up on wrestling like I was in the 80s, 90s. And... Early 2000 errors, of course. Um, but my last really hard body watching of wrestling was actually the gentleman that we're about to speak about right now, the pipe bomb god, uh, Mr. CM Punk. I felt he retired 
um, maybe on some Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. But see how I go around the watch? Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders both played for the Detroit Lions, and they retired on top of their game. And I'm making that analogy with CM Punk, him retiring on top of wrestling. Um, in a funny conversation you and I had off air, how wrestling now is more of the promo talking compared to the actual wrestling itself. You know what I mean? I go back to WrestleMania three when the Macho Man and Randy Savage had the best match on that card. Sorry, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. It was the Macho Man and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. But CM Punk has taken a hiatus for years. Um, I know he was focusing on MMA for a while. I don't think that really panned out too much for him, Watts. Um, but he made his return. And when I spoke to you, brother, I was under the impression if he was ever going to make a return back to the square circle, Watts, it would be with WWE and Vince McMahon. I don't know if there's bad blood there. I don't know. I have to do my research. But you put me on. This brother's on AEW. And it was lit to see CM Punk came out that ring, man, and an entrance and him just getting ovations or some young Jeezy-ish. Talk to me, watch CM Punk, man. Uh, it was it was shocking. So when CM Punk originally uh, left uh, the W, the WWE, um, he left under bad blood. He just felt they took advantage of his body. He was too hurt. Um, he didn't like the way he was holding it down for the company while Cena and The Rock can just every once a year come in, win the belt, while he's the one holding the whole company down. You know what I'm saying? So he leaves, right? And then he has such a rabid fan base that people wanted to see him, so he got into the um, the MMA world, the mixed martial arts world, uh, got his ass beat badly. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought I'd never see CM Punk again. And then all of a sudden I see CM Punk is trending on Twitter, and I'm like, what is going on here? And, dude, when I saw that ovation he got in um, – in in um in Chicago, man, it was it was just one of the realest wrestling moments. That's where he's from, also. It was weird That's just to see. Love. It was it was weird, you yeah, no doubt. The hometown love was incredible, man. He he did the stage dive. It, clearly, he had family members there because when he was walking around, yep. he's hugging people, he's kissing people. So I'm like, okay, he has mm-hmm. to know them. You know what I'm saying? Because we're still in COVID era. Sure. I think it's dope that CM Punk is back, and it's going to be interesting to see if AEW how they're going to capitalize on this. They definitely have. TNT, which is a major network, every Friday. So we'll see if uh, if, C- if CM Punk is going to it's, bring new eyes to wrestling. How do you feel, Vince McMahon, and the WWE headquarters feel about this right now? That move, seeing CM Punk do that. Vince, Vince McMahon and WWE sees that, and they say what and think what you think. They still have the they still have the market on lock. That's 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 what they think. I don't think they're sweating it at all, B. They're just not. To use the young people terminology, would it would it hit different if it was in WWE in your opinion? No, 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 it wouldn't hit different. It, that hit me the same way. Would not hit different. I used to watch WCW, man. So, you know, I watched <laughs> WCW and that did not and, and, and it and and when when Hulk Hogan and them and NWO, that that remember they 
They were winning the wars at one point. Remember when they were getting higher yeah, ratings? I love that. Than the WWE. Oh, the money, the you money remember that, right? Wars? Was ill. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but my point is, but my point is, it's the wrestlers, man. And the and and if you got mm-hmm. a company that's gonna fund you, promote you with the money, and then you have the wrestlers that have the appeal, then that's mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. I mean, Goldberg's he, whole appeal was from WCW. Goldberg is not made yeah. in the WWE. He's made in, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, when gross. Goldberg came to WWE, he was a big star. He was still a big star. Yeah, but I would, see, WCW was good because what happened was WWF at the time, they were they recorded early. So they, they, their show was pre-recorded, right, when they laced it, when they laced it on Monday night. Uh, WCW was live. You know what I'm saying on Monday night. So, and when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and NWO was formed, Hogan and everything. Once Hogan turned Hollywood Hogan, it was lit. It was just lit. You know what I'm saying. But the thing was, WWF was breeding their own superstar. They breeding in the Rock. Stone Cold's already a character already, right? Shawn Michaels is still here. You still got Bret Hart, but Triple H's of the world are coming. The Rock is coming. You know what I mean? Undertaker's still here, one doing his one two. So it was, that was. I love that era, man. You know what I'm saying. So we, I don't know. We shall see. He might be rusty. See, here's my thing. Are we gonna care about CM Punk's return in wrestling to see him wrestle, or because is he gonna look rusty? You know, is he gonna ring rust? Or we care about the promo itself? So we'll pay attention to that. Well, um, well, 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 well. You you called him the pipe bomb king, right? Pause. Uh, I loved his yes. promo skills. Pause. His promo oh, skills pause. were some of the best I'd, I'd ever seen. Yeah, yes. and so I was like, "Wow, yes. this dude is really just talking on the mic and and talking about Steve Mc, Vince McMahon like like he's yo crazy." <laughs> wow. So that promo he did with John Cena in the ring was was was, was priceless, man. Priceless. I got all Hogan, Dwayne, and all that. Calling the Rock I've, government, Dwayne. I've, that was priceless. Yeah, yeah. I've 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 gone through periods where I would just watch YouTube videos of his best promos, and I'm like, man, this dude was one of the greatest back. ever. I Dog, I'm just like, man. Let's keep it. Sam, how deep you want to have this conversation? Dog, I live for um, the shoots. When people talk about what happened behind the yeah. scenes and everything, while our British Bulldogs were snuffing niggas back in the day, watching they beat up the Rougeau brothers in the locker room. How Arn, um, Arn Anderson and um, Vader had some, they had a fight with Paul Orndorff. I'm like, Paul Orndorff and Vader, some scissors got involved and all kind of, yo, son, the Montreal screw job. How uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, how, you know, Vince McMahon got punched in the face by Bret Hart. He spit on him also. Though. That's, that's one of, that's one of, the, most, that's one of the most pivotal moments. That's, that's one of the most pivotal moments in wrestling history, the Montreal school job. That changed everything. Yes. That changed <laughs> everything. Know, right? Yo, it made Vince McMahon. And yo, once Vince McMahon came, because let's be honest, Watts, me and you knew Vince McMahon um, doing commentary for the Wrestling Challenge and Saturday Night's Main Event. And an interview in wrestling as well. We didn't know he was the owner. We're looking at Jack Tunney. I was in the president no Jack idea. Tunney. That's fucking. You know what I mean? Oh, yo, Damn. you know what's crazy? We had no idea that the guy who was talking to Gorilla Monsoon was his boss and owned everything. I'm thinking he's just some dude who's yeah. just, you know, yeah. talking about Saturday Night Main Event and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, this guy's perfect for the job. You know, he's energetic. I'm glad you said his name, Watts. I'm glad you R.I.P. Gorilla Monsoon, man. That's my era, man. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby so, Lepre are the best one-two punch in wrestling history. To me, to 
to me, that's my that's my goat combination. I yes. yeah, like I like right. the, the the Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain over Jr. And who was the other one with Jr.? This was during the Jerry Lawler. Yes, I, I like I like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain over Lawler and and Jr. Man. Yo, I gotta give Jim Ross his props though, because Jim Ross flourished. No, 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 no. And I, I, no I'm just telling you, and, and just the way I felt. You know, means R.I.P. And he's doing AEW now. No, 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 no. I I love it. I love Lawler and 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 Jr. Like I really love that. But I'm telling you, man, that might be the brain uh, Gorilla yeah, Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon is different, different, man. That's legendary. That That's ghost shit. That's ghost shit. That's Jaden Styles. That's Jaden Kissing Styles, man. We'll talk. Wh- why ghost. did you say Jaden Styles and not Tekken Steel? Why did you say Jaden Styles and not Tekken Steel? <laughs> I could have said Tekken Steel, though. I could have said Tekken Steel. Why did you say that? You feel- I could have said Run DMC also. I could have said Run DMC also, my nigga. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you want to be gangster, though, give me a top five wrestlers of all time before we wrap this up. Top five, top five wrestlers. Watson's top five wrestlers of all time. Hogan, The Rock, Cena, Hitman. Wow. Now, you ready for the curveball? Are you ready for the curveball? Oh boy! Is it curve? Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. R.I.P. Eddie Guerrero. R.I.P. Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, R.I.P. Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Okay. Now, mind you, this was very personal. But I'm telling you right now, man, I love, yo, I was, dogs, I was so fanatical for Eddie Guerrero them last couple years, man. Yo, I can't. Mm. I love Eddie Guerrero, man. Wow. All right, I'm going, I'm going Savage. Randy Macho Man Savage. Stone Cold Rock. Brett the Hitman Hart. And I got to throw Ric Flair in there. Man. Hogan and Ric Flair are like 1A, 1B to me. Oh, and no I'll mention no question, man. Undertaker, okay, so wait a minute. So man. Just... They got to be top 10 really bad. Top 5 is a service, though. So top 5 is a service, to be honest. Did, 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 did Jimmy Superfly Snooker have any impact on you at all? In the 80s, he was, he was the rock. He's the rock Kim KRS one ever for me, man. That's my, you know what oh, so, so that's Love what I'm asking. So how do you talk about that impact? I remember as a kid growing up, Jimmy Superfly said everything to me. Him getting on top of that. All right, Pete Roddy Piper, man. My nigga, I go back to the, no, no go back to the Von Erics, man. I go back to the Von, I go back to Magnet TA. I go back to Nikita Koloff with the sickle. I go back to the Four Horsemen. My favorite Four Horsemen was Ric Flair, Barry Windham. On that, it's Tony Blanchard. That was my favorite Forsman. Hmm? Yes. Yes, yes, that was the best one. That was the best for Horseman. Love that Horseman. I didn't, I didn't like Lex Luger. I thought Lex Luger was a piece. Now, yo, dog, you go back to oh, the, you, oh, man. You spin the block back or, on Lex Luger. Oh, it was terrible. I know, wait, wait, wait. No, let me spin the block back right quick on Lex Luger. Lex Luger might have been the most arrogant wrestler of all time in his prime. What does that mean? Lex Luger was the most arrogant dude ever. No, no, yo, Lex, yo, yo, Lex Luger. Remember, he's the only one that could pick up Yokozuna. That could pick up Yokozuna. The only one. But he couldn't wrestle though. He was a terrible wrestler though. I know. I be watching dog. I watch these shoots when these wrestlers talk about wrestling. These niggas, niggas did not like wrestling against him. Niggas did not like wrestling against a lot of niggas. Like they was bad. Wrestling, I'm saying, like no chemistry. 
How, where is Shawn Michaels to you in all of this? Shawn Michaels is top. He could be. He's definitely in my top ten. He could be top five too. Like, I can put Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, one A, one B. You could put that. You could rock Stone Cold, one A, one B. The Rockers versus the Brain Busters on Anderson and Telly Blanchard when they first came to the when they came to the W. WWE. That was bad. I didn't know. I ain't gonna lie, man. When Arn and Tully came to WWF, it was not popping. I know they won the belts, but they they were more NWA slash WCW. That was them. But it know, was not WWF branding. You know, I, you, you know, I loved them when they came when they were the Brainbusters. Like I was heavy into them when they was the Brainbusters. I was hype. I just didn't I was know. Listen, I just didn't know. I was hype when the Road Warriors, when the Road Warriors and the Steiner Brothers came to WWF. I was lit. I was happy. Yo, that's the time when, when niggas will leave the WWF, WCW, like Power on the 597 type shit. I love that era, man. You see Rick Flair on yeah, WWF. Yeah, no right? Yo, when Rick Flair came, done. When Rick Flair came to WWF, yo, it was real. It was real. Uh, this is how you know real. people really under, remember that. Remember he came with the NWA belt and they would blur it out? That's how they introduced yeah, him because so he walked around and he's the real yeah. champion. And, facts, he, and, and Rick Flair gets so much, Rick Flair gets so much respect. He comes into the WWF and he immediately gets Hogan. He and they give him Fat full promo. Like come on, son. That he was, that was always that was they treated him. They treated him like the superstar he always was. They treated him like the superstar. They never shortchanged him. Like nah, nah, nah. You got to pay your dues. No, he was straight up. I'm not we know you, Ric Flair. You go. You I'll, get Hogan. Yeah. You could tell the WWF was making a shift with Hogan when WrestleMania six when he lost to Ultimate Warrior. That's when I was like, okay, Hogan's time is coming up. Even though he won the belt back and. He beat Yokozuna and all the other corny shit. And he lost to Yokozuna. When he went to WWF, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he went to WCW in '94, it was like, eh, okay, nigga, you look washed. You're washed now, my G. You're washed. And you, and you were wrong. Right, well, let's say we, we're not wrestling back too long. <laughs> but, t- but tell me, you, 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 you were wrong. Because he wasn't washed. Because you were right. He wasn't washed when he went to the NWO. No, no, not, no, no. That's a different look. They told my nigga. They trust me. Whoever. I, the backstory when they talk about convincing Hulk Hogan to turn bad, that was one of the, the my nigga. That shit was real, son. Like niggas was mad. <laughs> I loved it though. It was just like, yo, this nigga's rocking black now. To me, he became Hogan became Hogan became the greatest villain. He became the great. He became the greatest villain in, in, in wrestling history to me. That run, I agree with that. I agree. Bad Hogan I was the most evilest person ever. All right, man. We could talk wrestling for a long time. People didn't know we could go in that wrestling bag, but we could really go in that bag. We used to record the shows on video and VHS and watch them Gosh, over. Nigga, what? Really was. Yo, my nigga, hold on. Before we bust this conversation, dog, let me explain to you niggas watching this thing. Dog, when I knew Saturday, night, Saturday night's main event was coming on, nigga, I had to have my, my VCR ready to take that shit. No commercials. I was in no commercial, nigga. Give me the pause. I'm pausing the commercial. Watch. I'm pausing the commercials, King. Are we going straight to the wrestler? You feel me? Dog, I remember falling asleep one, rest- one Saturday night's main event. I fell asleep and I missed it. My nigga, do you know how hurt I was? How hurt I was? I slept. Remember now, it was um, Saturday, night's, Saturday, night's main, uh, Saturday night's, what was that shit called? Watch. The big Saturday night's, um, Eddie Murphy. No. Not not that the the the, the, um, the skit show the skit show he had. Oh Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, Eddie Murphy and all that year, all the people that was in case from that from that show and shit. Yeah, 
that was the main show on NBC. So, you know, they was, that's what Saturday Night's main event will come on once a month, man. But we're off that, though, man. Uh, Watts, what do we think about the crate challenge that we're seeing running a phenom here this weekend on social media, King? The crate challenge. Niggas are wilding out here. At first, I thought, at, first I thought it was a, at first, I thought it was a one-off. And then I saw all these videos of people <laughs> walking up the crates. And I'm just like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what is this? Is this a balancing act thing? But for whatever the reason is, we are in a monkey-see-monkey-do society, and when something catches fire and it goes viral, everybody wants to do it. And it's just like, well, we're watching, this though. is a weird event. Let's keep it real. We're watching, though. We're watching, though. Let's keep it talking. No, I'm we're watching. watching. Yeah, but I'm watching it to be like, what, what? So, okay, so we watch a dude walk up the crates and stand on top of it. What are we getting out of that? I'm not really getting out of that, son. I'm not getting nothing. nothing is really there, out so I watched about three of them. And then I'm like, yo, I don't I get this. Than, I don't I get this lie. challenge. See, I watch more than three, King. I ain't going to hold you, son. I watch more than three. <laughs> I watch more than three of them joints by G. I was like, okay, this is very interesting. But, yo, it is what it is, man. Um, I saw something academics posted on social media. I'm going to get your take on it. Maybe I got a little take, different take than maybe some other people. But he posted a um, clip of Webby, who's down with, who used to be down with um, Lil Boosie. I think him and Boosie made up and everything. Um, he, we, we know um, his story of suffering from seizures. That's not a new story. If you're in, if you're in the know, you're in the know. Um, he was performing, I guess, in a club, and you saw him walking out a little bit. He looked, he, just, he looked, dis- he looked discombobulated. Man, he's going through a seizure. Obviously, um, I guess for me, watching that and. A, do we have to post that? What do you feel about academics posting that? Do I, I say academics should have posted that? I mean, some things you don't really need to post. I understand keep them in your prayers and everything, but it's just like, all right, Monty, like, or do we live in a social media world where it is what it is? Watch this. This is what it is. We live in a social media world that anything that happens in public, good or bad, is going to be shown. Uh, so I think that's just the way. I just I think that's just the way it is now. It's it's just the social media rules of how you uh, cover things. When Beanie Siegel got punched in the face in Philly, did they not show it? Was everybody not of making course. it go viral? Yeah, so, right. you know what I'm saying? So I just think that's the era we're in where they're just going to show everything. Pause. Jesus Christ. This nigga's a pause, man. What are we talking about Nas hanging out in Queensbridge? Nas, Nas is outside though, my nigga. I'm not gonna lie, Nas is really outside right now. Nas is taking his victory lap and not playing from Grammy winning awards to Kings One, Kings One and Two being successful to certain people that listen to hip hop. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about Nas chilling in QB and soaking in everything that's going on right now, sir? Uh, I, I I thought it was phenomenal just to see Nas back in QB, and he was on he was on 40th side. You know, and when I saw him on 40th side, right, I feel like Ma Deep repped the 41st side more than he repped the 40th side, man. I'm not going to lie. Because when you hear Ma Deep, they always talk about the 41st side and 12th Street. Yeah, yeah, because I'm looking at 40th. I'm looking at 40th, and I'm like, I'm like, you don't be talking 40th. Ma Deep always talking about 41st side, though, man. I swear to God, that's the first thing that came to my mind. So I want to see where exactly Son, is. they had a whole project called 44th Third. Let's be with the whole 41st side. Bar, no bars, hooks, Craig G, 
littles and all these niggas. <laughs> no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. 40 front <laughs> shot, right. Right, he was on 40th, so I'm just like, all right. But, and he had the QB chain on, too. And he had the QB chain on. So, um, but it's like, it's called 40. All right, old old ass Nas at forty, late forties Nas rocking a QB chain. Are people really gonna test Nas though? Does Nas get a G pass? No, no, no. I, I'm saying, Nas, I thought it was. Does dope. Nas get a G pass though? I'm saying I thought it was dope that Nas was out there. I thought it was dope I mean, because also, of course, you know Nas dope. is now Nas is a Nas is a shooting free throws. Is a is a super is a superstar legend, man. He's a superstar legend. So mm-hmm. you know. The youth know who he is. They're like, yo, that's the dude who wrapped the five year farm in a little duck. So everybody knows him now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yo, he got yo, he got something with A Boogie. Oh, I know that old head nigga. So now he got everybody. The youth know him, old heads know him, everybody know him. Oh boy. By the way, um, the what do we think about the block on King's Disease 2? Have you spent the block on King's Disease 2? Are you still playing the song with him and Charlie Wilson? <laughs> I, I got what's in my playlist. I think I like four songs on my playlist off the project. So those are the, the, the Lauren Hill joint, the Store Run joint, um, the last joint, the Nasty song, the last joint, and it's one more. You feel me? Nas is good. That's the last joint. Nas is good. That's the joint. That's me. My playlist also. And another joint you got on there. But you know, I don't think nothing. Have you? I don't think nothing has changed for me. No, I took the songs that I like and I put them on my playlist. So, you know, but I did the same thing. But I do that with all albums. Of course. Um, what do we think? Obviously, we can't do a deep dive, but we've we spent the block a little bit on these projects. Um, Ricky Hyde uh, dropping his solo project. I seen him on a Breakfast Club. And with all due respect, am I bugging to say that Ricky Hyde on a Breakfast Club before Benny? Scooby? Huh? Hmm. Interesting. What do you mean? You don't find it for Benny? Huh? I, I I didn't know Benny. I thought Benny was on Breakfast Club before. I never knew he didn't get on the Breakfast Club. I don't remember seeing Benny on the Breakfast Club. Am I bugging? But but we, all right, anyway, what do you think about um Ricky Hyde's project though? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna Google search right now and see if that's if that's accurate. But what do you think about Ricky Hyde dropping his um project, man? Plates too, man. I think. Plates 2 is going to surprise a lot of people when they listen to it. I think it has incredible collaborations. I think it has incredible production. And I think Ricky Hyde is telling his side of the story in a way that this album either gets heavily slept on or people are going to have to start talking about it and really doing a deep dive. Because it's, I think it's one of those albums for him. That Black Sinatra song they have with him, Benny, and he going back and forth three ways. That joint is hard. That Black Sinatra joint, that joint is tough. Now, so, now, now, can I tell you something? The entire album is like that. The I know entire I album is got like some that. I got to give some respect, some man. Joints. He has a lot of joints. It's not some. He has a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I think if people stay true to themselves and they really deep dive this and let him tell his story, because he's telling it on here, man, he mm-hmm. got a lot to say. And he's saying it in a way that I think people are going to appreciate. 
I think I think Benny has a better supporting cast of his crew, the BSF, his BSF crew, better than DreamWorks crew that Conway has. I think Conway has the one shorty and somebody else. I think Benny has a better, you know what I mean? You know, all the crews got. Uh, that's not like, dipset. That, that's not even up for that's not even up for debate. <laughs> he, 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 Benny's putting his people out. They constantly out. We always be. And they nice. You know what I'm saying? So. You know what I mean? right. you know, listen, I gotta get West West put out Matt Comedy though, so I, I did like Matt Comedy's project a lot though. I'm very I can't wait to see when we do our end show where I have Matt Comedy at on my list because I do play a lot of Matt Comedy's album. I like that Pray for Haiti project a lot. It, it's still then, in rotation. Then you're gonna have to have it on your list. It's you're gonna have to have that project on your top twenty because you because it you, you're listening to it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I don't think anything's gonna happen to make it not be on the list. Is it my top five? Yeah, I think that's gonna be my top right. five right now. I can tell you that right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mickey Sachs and Blue dropped their project, Watts, um, produced by Knotts. Um, I'm going here, Watts. I don't care, man. I like this beat. I like the beats on Mickey Sachs' project with Blue more than Nas' production on King's Disease 2. Yes, I'm going there. Facts. I do. On production alone. But the project is not bad at all. It's a, it's a solid project with six, seven songs. Yo, Mickey doing it. Yo, Mickey's trying to capitalize, man. Drink champs. Um, his, his, his diss track towards Royce. Mickey's trying to, you know what I'm saying? I see what Mickey's doing. He's a smart guy. You know what I mean? How would you compare it to uh, another project that has six or seven songs? And that project is uh, Papoose's July Project. I love Papoose's July Project. Papoose, I can't anymore. I mean, every time we speak about projects for the last couple of months has been Papoose this, Papoose that. So, Pap to me, you know, love Pap July Project, man. I like every Pap okay. project he's dropped, man. He's been consistent, he's been consistent with the music watch. You know what I mean? Is there, is there anything um, anybody could do to take away the MVP from him? Right now, for me, nah. No. Love Ran, love RJ Payne, Makami, I know West Side Gun about to drop something. Um, a lot, you know what I'm saying? Surf dropped his project. I see a lot of people, you know, but I don't, I don't see nobody dropping. Papu's gonna take that spot for me, man. I don't see nobody taking Papu. He's too consistent. Every project is four mics, four and a half. So when you put out work like that, I just feel like it's falling on deaf ears in a sense of respectfully when I say that. Like a lot of people not giving it as just due. You see what I'm saying? And I felt even before, even before. Me and you got hip to, yo, we forgot about Papu's dropping his early projects, right? January, February, March, right? We forgot about those early projects. Well, obviously, me and you spend a block back on those projects. But I feel like nobody was even talking about those projects hard body like that. Like, yes, he posted on Instagram, but I feel like, where's, why nobody, like, you know, the niggas that talk hip-hop, why nobody, like, push, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel we're pushing Papu's project because we like the music. But, uh, I agree. I agree. I feel people pay more attention to if he does an IG freestyle in his car, or they pay more right. attention to him if he does if he does something on IG and he does like a freestyle. They'll like that. Speaking of IG, Fat Joe had his party uh, on the rooftop, and um, he had Nori perform. Uh, he had Buster mm-hmm. Rhymes perform a cappella. Um, mm-hmm. He had Shout Remy up there nice. performing. Uh, w- w- mm-hmm. which it take uh, on no, Fat Joe celebrating his birthday party and having uh, celebrities in the house. Listen, man, you and I have got a Fat Joe appreciation on this on this show already. So that goes without saying. 
We know the contributions that Joey Cracker's done for hip hop. Um, he introduced us to Big Pun. Let's be clear on that. Number one, um, tells one of tells some of the illest stories in hip hop. Whether it's a little bit fabricated either or there, but you know he has so many stories. Been in every goddamn legendary video in the nineties, in my opinion. Um, legend. Um, first of all, happy birthday, Fat Joe. Stay blessed, number one king on that. Um, yo, man, it was dope to see Fat Joe, man. You know, normally seems like Buster, everybody showing up, coming out for Fat Joe, which I'm not surprised because one thing about Fat Joe, and I will say this, that dude does show love to his to his peers. He does. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Joe got joints. You know, Joe got joints. I, I would, that would have been nice to go to. I, I want to... I would have pulled up in that kind of event if I had an invite, if I was, you know, if I was privy to be in that kind of presence. I would, I would have been a nice event to rock the rooftop joint. That looked dope. That looked dope to me, Watts. That's more my alleys, right? You know what I mean? So, um, before we wrap it up here, son, what we think about the locks getting major love still after the locks and dipshit is weeks going by. And, you know, the locks also, man, they, they living it up right now. I love to see it, man. I love to see it, man. So one of the things I've noticed is why this um, this locks dip set is still living on is because in the era of the YouTube content creators, all the YouTube content creators, people are asking them to do reaction or review the video. So on my recommended uh, list, I'm always seeing different people reacting to the locks. And I mean, people are doing deep dives. Why did they lose? What's this? Like, like everybody, this is like one of the most heated national hip-hop discussions I've seen in a long time. And I absolutely love it because everybody's saying the same thing. They're finding out that Jadakiss has always been top five better alive, and that's off the strength of one LP. Uh, and they, they, they just found out. Me and you have always known it, but for whatever the reason, the rest of the world is finding out. Um, we also know that the locks went easy on them. See, this is what I wanted to say to all the dipset heads. Y'all keep saying Cam left a lot out that he didn't do. Guess what? I agree with y'all. And the locks left a lot out that they didn't do. So we're, we're, what are we really saying here? Because the locks also left a lot out. Do you agree that the locks left a lot out? Yes, I would agree locks left a lot out. I believe both camps left a lot out. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. They left a lot out, definitely. Rocks left a lot out, man. A lot. Styles ain't do my life. He could have some niggas. He could have wrapped off the Missy tweet. Um, instrumental he wrapped off years ago. He, like, he left a lot of shit out. You see what I'm saying? Jada left Y out. He left a lot of shit out. Freestyles alone. He left a lot out. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is, man. Watch, man. Take us home, my G. PSA Hip Hop. The home of Shakiri Richardson. I'm not doing that, man. I'm not going to beat up that sister, man. I see she's catching. Yeah, they had the memes are out, man. The jokes are flying. That she didn't get to burn no trees. She spoke back. Like, so let, me let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this right quick. Jamaican seem to not like her. Is it justified? Not, not really, though. But I think Jamaicans are more, because they, all right, I love my people, but, you know, they, they really live by the code of being humble and everything like that. And if you see, like, how they move, they're not really the cocky type. And I think what what, what touched a nerve 
is when Shakari made the comment about she's coming for the ladies, right? Because I saw an interview afterwards when one of the young ladies, the Jamaican sisters, was saying, um, did you hear the comment that Shakari made before before the race? And she was like, yeah, I heard no comment, though. So she's living by that code and everything like that. And they also look at the braggadocious, how braggadocious she is. And I guess that rubs them the wrong way, where she's like, hey, there, gal, cool yourself into my girl. You know what I'm saying? One of them type of things and shit. Where, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, you chat too much type shit. So, you know, I don't think it's, I think, that's why I asked you earlier, son, where's the thin line of the athlete having confidence and having that edge and feeling like I'm number one, I'm the ish. And it's something personal, but I got to have that edge. I kind of get it a little bit on both sides. It doesn't bother me. I don't think Shakari is extra cocky with it. Did she get humbled? Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously she did. Why she came in last place, King? Last place. The Far Side song was being played. She kept on passing me by, nigga. Like, she got dusted, my G. So, I mean, that's what it is. But but the Jamaicans, it seems like all the Jamaicans on social media – they were all showing live videos from their home while they watched it, and they just went crazy on her. I think there's a little extra sauce on there, though. I got to be real, my Jamaican people. It's extra sauce, though. It's extra sauce. It's not like she burnt the flag or said she don't like Jamaican people or she don't like rice and pizza oxtail or fire bun on your blood class. She was all that type of time. She was so, it's like I think it's a little bit of OD. It's one thing to be pride, prideful of your country, but let's be real, Watts, if you're from the Caribbean, um, all you care about is soccer, track and field, and eating good food, and burning a spliff. That's just what it is, and winding up on some girls. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but when it comes to sports, Jamaicans take soccer and track and field serious. Or football, what they call it in Jamaica, football, really. Not soccer, they call it football. That's a different story. I mean, that's that's their football. You know, in the states, they just call it soccer here, but really it's called football. So I think I think there's, I think there's extra sauce. I think there's a little bit of OD in there, ODism in there. You can be prideful, Watts, but is it, you know what I'm saying? Like she didn't really. I don't think she killed anybody, though. You care? But she got humbled. So it's, it's, it's dicey to me, but okay. I don't know. It's weird. And I do. I just wanted to know because mm-hmm. you you have a better perspective on on in your peoples than I do. So I just wanted to yeah, know. Yeah, well, my people are wilding right now. They, they, they're taking the victory lap. I'm saying this the hustle, RP, this the hustle type ish from the victory lap. But it's like I, right, you know, I just you know, let's well, not let's not kill this sister. I I think there's one thing I remember now. I think behind the cockiness she might have to people, I still think there's pain in their watch. There's, there's a lot of pain in that sister. That girl's not far removed from her mom, Dukes. And I don't think we should, that should not be disrupted as wayside. You feel me? She still lost her mom. Okay. So that's still heavy on no, heart. No doubt, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, all right, brother. All right, brother. And, and never forget, never forget, Ja Rule was on the same level as the X's and Jiggers. He was on the same <laughs> level, sitting at the same table with them. Never forget that. Never forget. Yes, that. I, listen, for two years, I'll give you that. For two years, two, two yes, years, definitely. Yes, two, yeah, three for years, two three years, three years. He was. He was John definitely was. All right. Was right was there with them. Definitely. Like, they, was they wasn't. Okay, was. okay. Because it seemed like people like, act like, like that. Act, to like, say that is. is when, John, 
when Jock yeah. came to the lunch table, niggas had to let Jock sit at the lunch table and shit. They couldn't take his cookies and shit, mush them and everything. And be like, Sam, you can't sit by us. He sat at the cool table. Like the shorties were looking, the girls were looking at him also. As you know equal. what I mean? He, he was getting equal. daps. As an equal. 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 Okay. You know, you can't front on John. Nah. That's why my hope said M. Pim Juice and us. Did he say John? I don't think he said John's name on it, but that was 99, right? So, nah, that was know. 2002. He should have said John. He should have said John. He didn't say John's name. <laughs> he he should have. Juice and us. Well, he should have. Oh, two, oh, two. John was still the top of hip hop. He was still running. You know, the pop game. He got Nelly's name in there. Yeah, Pimp Juice name in there. M name in there. You feel me? Yeah, John didn't have a Drake run, brother. John did not have a Drake run of number a one. Drake hits. run of number was he Drake of number one hit. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Of, well, I'm, I'm talking about that little two year ever. Yeah, but you gotta worry. You no, gotta no. preface it better than that, brother, because that's. Okay, this time I'm purposing. Was there a period in hip hop where Ja Rule, coming out of New York City, was the only one with number one hits? Yes. Over Fab. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Over Fab. Come on, man. That's like Fab not not at that table. Fab can never sit at that table. Well, I'm not not doing that, though, because I prefer Fab. But see, the funny thing about that is when Ja was on his run, I was still, I like Fab music more than Ja. I like Fab raps more than Ja. I, 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 how is that possible? Fab came, Fab came out in 2001. Jabu was over in his third album. Remember, the Holla Holla yeah, album I, came out in 1999. Vinny uh, D. Uh, <laughs> are we fronting on Fabulous Sport? On the blue tapes? Fab, the mixtape rapper, was not fucking with Ja Rule. He was sounding uh, like, like Snake at that man. time. He was sounding like... he was. Wait, so you're saying you liked when Fab was Fabulous Sport? Sounding like a Mace clone in 1999. I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real, Fab. He was a Mace clone, hard body karate son. It was kind of nasty. Yeah, he was real nasty, to be honest. That's what I'm saying. It was nasty. I didn't have, nasty. I didn't have him sit at that, in that era. No, he was not sitting at the table. To but, me, with but Fab, you're cool he was shine. real Fab. But you're cool with Shine sound like Big, though. But it's okay, though, Watson. You're all right. You're you cool with Shine sound like Big, though. But all right. It's cool. It's cool, though. <laughs> I see Shine getting love on Instagram, though. What's going on, Shine? I see Shine getting wild love on IG. Come on, come on, come on, dog. You don't know what's going on with Shine? Shine is an elected official in Belize. Of course, we know that, sir. Sure, we know that. And people are respecting that. You see Papu's talking to him on IG? You're sorry. You're sorry. With your own... Yes, man, I see that, man. I see Jim Jim pulling out an old picture of him in... um, him and um, Shine back in the day, dropping a story about he's proud of Shine and everything. And, you know, I'm proud of Shine also, man. But I ain't gonna, Shine, I will yeah, never forget so, 50 barking so, on you, son. I will never forget 50 barking <laughs> on you, though, Shine. Never forget that. Like, never. I'm sorry. I'm never going to forget that. I'm never going to forget that. That, that, oh, my God, son. My son 50 was wilding on niggas out here in these streets, man. 50 was a million. Let me just my quick. 50's radio interviews. Hold on. 50's radio interviews from 02 to 05. Priceless. 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 Yo, let me tell you how important 50's radio interviews was. Mixtapes used to put them on there as, as, as part of their out of their mixtapes. So if you didn't hear that's the interview, fact. you get a mixtape, they play the whole the whole 50 interview. Like, that's how you hear them talk. Let me just say this. Yo, my man, what 50 is doing with stars, what he's doing with this new BMF show, 
This dude has Snoop Dogg acting in it. He has Eminem acting in it. He's getting all the top black artists, no actors, talent. This is incredible. And here's the music. You just have to listen to it. He got music out. Nobody cares about that shitty music, man. You lost the 50. You lost the 50. You lost the 50. music. I'm not going to lie, man. This, yo, I ain't going to lie. 50, I wonder if 50 knew where he lost the people. He lost the people somewhere. I would love to know one day. We got to do a deep dive on how 50 you lost. Where did 50 go wrong with the music? Or was it time to go? Was it just time up? Time's up, OC Voice. He, he, he didn't go wrong with the music, music for other things. The name of his first album was Get Rich or Die Trying. 50's thing is making money. That's, that's, that was more important to him than hip-hop. And we saw it. We watched him. We watched him take his eye off of hip-hop and go to make money somewhere else. That's just what he did. And then he started giving us mid-hip-hop. <laughs> it wasn't a passion for him. It was obvious it wasn't a passion for him no more. It was obvious. Come on, don't need somebody to drop a mixtape every month. Think think about this. He used to drop a mixtape every every month for damn near eight years. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much music? I love that. That's why he's the rapper, man. So how can we front on him when what he did is just don't make no... Me and you can have a 50 conversation where we don't talk about none of his albums. We can only talk about mixtapes in the 2000s. Literally, we can just talk about mixtapes. Literally, only mixtapes. Yeah, that's my guy, I'm 50, you, man. I'm so good. Yeah. Come on, man. All right, man. Yeah, I'm so right. Yeah, 50 was my guy, son. I ain't going to hold you. I wanted, I wanted to do a versus so badly, son. It ain't even funny, man. I really want 50 with versus, man. But that was happen. Because we both know the locks will not do to him what they did to Dipset. We know that. No, that could not happen. It will no, not that's happen. happen. Sorry. Nah. I love the locks, but that ain't happening. Sorry. No. My nigga, Tony Yayo so seductive. What's that? Yo, Yayo does so, yo, so seductive will ring off in the garden. Are you kidding me? That shit will ring off. And that's just Yayo. I like, yo, if, yo, son, if 50 get Banks, Yayo, and Buck on the same accord, Locks ain't winning that. I don't know if Locks can win that, son. We, we did a, I know we did a show on that already, but I don't want to spend a block of conversation we had before, but I just feel I stand corrected on what we said before. I really feel the buck, unit got young buck, too much young buck. Yo, let me tell you something. What if he, yo, people realize 50 got, there's a third G-Unit album. It's called the Give It to Die Trying soundtrack. 50 got joints on yep. there, too. Window Shopper. That he could, that he could play. Shopper. That will ring uh, off. I bust your head, boy. I bust your head, boy. Yo, I would be a head boy and and so seductive, man. Listen, man. Man, listen. All right, uh, listen. Fifty got mixtape joint. Yeah, y'all not gonna be Fiddy taking his bandana joints. off and throwing it on the floor. Y'all not gonna be taking his bandana off and throwing it on the floor. I promise you that. The locks got legendary freestyles, but to me, G Unit got legendary freestyles that meant the world to me. That I don't even know. They some some of my favorite Unit songs are so underground. Uh, that they wouldn't even perform them shits. They wouldn't no, even perform them I, shits. I, but but I know Banks would do Banks Victory. I know that for a fact. That might be the first song they do, just to let them know we here. We really gonna show y'all. I believe they will set it sure. up with Banks Victory. That's how. That's how I believe they would do that. Mm. Mm. Right. That's it, man. It's your boy Three and Watch, man. PSA Five, man. Fuck with your boys. Y'all know the vibes already, man. 
Well, 